Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. We're, uh, we're on location, so whenever you're on location, you end up, well, first, you end up meeting great people. Uh, just ran into Susan. She's a Ph.D. Uh, uh, client and fan. She's in her maintenance mode as well. And Mike as well. He stopped by. Hang, uh, he gave two pints of blood over there. He said it took eight minutes. So this is super easy to do. And, like, if, you've, if you're like me, I would always do the... Uh, the doubles, the plate, the double platelet donations and stuff, where they like take your blood, they run it through the centrifuge, they mix it with something else, and then they shove it back into your veins, and they do that for like three to four hours, and that takes a long time. But Mike just got in and out eight minutes. He said two pints of blood. It's like yeah, you just donate the one pint of blood, two pints of blood, and it's just a couple of minutes. So if you got lunch break coming up and you want to come down, say hi and uh, donate some blood as part of the Little Heroes Blood Drive. We'd love to see you. Now, when you are on your way here, or if you are on your way uh, out and about for Labor Day, I have to warn you: depending on where you're going, violent road rage. Maybe on the roads for you. Not, I'm not accusing you of the violent road rage. I don't even really know you and your driving habits. But I can say that a survey just came out. Washington Times published this. Uh, it's actually based off of a Forbes report, which is actually based off of a different survey. But it doesn't matter. So the point here is, is that violent road rage incidents are on the rise nationwide. Nationwide. In 2022... 413 people got injured in road rage shootings. Just shootings. 413. That's a 135% increase from 2018. And if you go to Forbes, you can actually uh, find the map and you can see all of the state-by-state data. I'm not going to pull all of the state-by-state data, but I can tell you what North and South Carolina looks like. So, the higher the number, or sorry, the lower the number. So number one would be the worst. Okay? Number one is the worst. Number 50 would be obviously the best. So uh, we in North Carolina, we are at 33. So that's pretty good on the scale. We're on the, we're on the, the better side of that, of that slope, right? South Carolina, they're a little bit worse, which makes sense because if you've been to South Carolina, you've seen the drivers. No, I kid. I kid. I used to live in South Carolina. So, South Carolina is at 30. 30. So, we're pretty good. Now, we're tied, actually, at 33. So, I mean, I'm going to say, you know what, the Carolinas were basically the same. But not really. Because they have these two metrics that they highlight. The percent of drivers who say another driver has exited their car to either yell at or fight somebody. So, like... This is, so the percentage I'm about to give you is the percent of people who say that they have had somebody else get out of their car and yell at them, or, see, Mike's over there raising his hand. Now, are you the yeller, Mike, or are you the yelly? Yelly. Yelly. He gets yelled at. And Craig over here, he's the one yelling at poor Mike over there. Why would you treat Mike so poorly? 
I, I didn't know him. I know him now. Oh, now that you know them, you won't do that. Okay, well, that makes sense. Um, so 8% of drivers say that this has occurred. In North Carolina, 8% of drivers say that they've had somebody get out of the car and yell at them or try to fight them. They don't break it down like, did the fight actually happen or was it just the potential for a fight? It doesn't... Okay. 8.5% say that they have experienced road rage, quote, very frequently. Not that they're engaging in it. Which is, This is a pretty amazing step in that the people who are responding to all of this, they're always the victims of the road rage, which is pretty amazing. That of all the people surveyed, they're all the victims of the road rage. Nobody is ever doing the road raging. Isn't that weird? Like, of all of the samples... Of all of the people that they could have put together, they found this perfect sample of no perpetrators of the road rage, all just victims. Anyway, so that's North Carolina's number, 8 and 8.5% uh, respectively, right? So the drivers that said somebody else got out of their car, and then the other one is that they, um, they're the victims of road rage very frequently. 8 and 8.5%. South Carolina. South Carolina drivers... 15% of them say that dri- another driver has exited a car to yell at them or fight them. So that's like twice as many people in South Carolina have had that experience. They probably tell you it's all the North Carolinians coming down into the state and trying to fight them. Maybe. 13.5% say they experience road rage very frequently. So how do they do this survey? Well, they asked 10,000 licensed U.S. drivers from all 50 states, and they frame their questions around nine key metrics of driving experiences, like have you ever been forced off the road? Yes. Yelled at? Yes. Cursed at? Yes. Cut off? Yes. Tailgated? Yes. Insulted? Yes. Honked at? Yes. Blocked from changing lanes? I got blocked, I think, twice just coming here on I-485. That's, I don't understand that play. I just I don't understand that play. Like, you see me merging in, and I got my blinker on, I've got my lane running out, and I'm ahead of you, and you speed up so I don't get in front of you. Like, why would you do such a thing? I'm not saying you. Again, I don't even know how you drive. But uh, why would a person do that to speed up so I can't get in front of them when I'm obviously going faster than you, right? I'm going faster than this this knucklehead, and they're going to speed up so I can't get in front. And then what do they do, of course, when I fall in behind them? What happens then? Yeah, they let off the gas. This happens all the time. There has to be something... Okay, I don't want to make this all about Tennessee, but if I have to, I will. Um, I think they teach people in Tennessee to drive in the left-hand lane at all times. I think in Tennessee, they're, like, restricted. It's the only thing... It's the only rational explanation I can arrive at that they are restricted from driving in the right lane. I mean, the right-hand lane. like the cor- Not the correct lane. Well, yes, even the correct lane, because you're supposed to be in the right lane. The left lane is for passing only. So I don't understand why they're always in the left lane. And then when they, you try to pass them, they'll speed up so you can't get in front of them. Like, I'm already having to pass you on the right, which you should not be doing, but like I want to go nine miles an hour over the speed limit. You're not the police. Anyway, those metrics include all of those things I mentioned, as well as bombarded with rude or offensive gestures, which 
describes the entire state of New York. So I don't think that that was very fair. But confrontations occur most frequently on city streets, followed by encounters on freeways or highways, followed by parking lots, followed by intersections, and finally, rural roads. Some of the, I think one of the worst road, well, no, the worst road rages I think I've ever been victim, uh, been victimized by were probably on the highway. Yeah, that's probably the highway. Freeways or highways, but city streets, I can totally see that. Because you're not moving very fast, you're getting stopped at all the lights, more opportunity for people to put the car in park, get out and start yelling at you or, you know, threatening you and that sort of thing. The intersection one, I got to believe, is based purely on people not understanding how the four-way stop signs work. That's, to me, that's the one. Or the people that get to the intersection and then start checking every single email account that they possess. And uh, when the light turns green, they forget that they're driving. And then somebody will, will tap the horn at them to alert them that they're actually not supposed to be on the phone. They are supposed to be driving. And then they will get angry at other people for noticing that they are a moron. So... Um, yeah, I don't, uh, I, I, I don't have any real problem with intersections being that low on the list, but I kind of feel like there's way more potential for it. Parking lots, I've never had a road rage incident in a parking lot, and frankly, I don't think it would count. I think it would be a parking lot rage. I mean, words have meaning or they don't hear people. All right, more on that in a minute. First, let me tell you, the Heritage Life Skills event was fantastic. Every year, Bill and Jan Sturette organize the event to help people get educated on how to be prepared for anything. The Sturettes own Carolina Readiness Supply, 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials you'll need for any kind of emergency. Food, water purifiers, lighting, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies, because being prepared is just smart. The Heritage Life Skills event brings educators and vendors from all over to help people do just that. I was honored to be able to be a small part of it. And whether you're an experienced prepper, have no clue what you're doing, or maybe you're somewhere in between, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you in Waynesville and always at CarolinaReadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? We are out here at PhD Weight Loss and Nutrition, uh, but we're here for the fourth annual WBT Little Heroes Blood Drive. We got the big red bus here from One Blood, and uh, if you can, come on down, make a donation. It can take you like, like, I don't know, Mike just told me eight minutes to donate two pints. We're at uh, the Carmel Commons location on Pineville Matthews Road. We're going to be here till 3 o'clock. So uh, this goes to help kids that are fighting pediatric cancer. And uh, we've got these going on, uh, not just today. So if you can't make it today, we've got another one next week and then at the end of the month as well. But go to WBT.com for all of the details and to, uh, to register your appointment as well. I do have the ability to take phone calls here. Uh, we were able to set that up. Uh, during the break, and so I'm able to take phone calls. So if you would like to call in and discuss this road rage, I am curious why why this is on the rise. I think just generally speaking, I get the feeling that people have gone crazy. Um, I think that might be it. But what do you think? 704-570-1110 and 1-800-WBT-1110. The uh, confrontations occur mostly, most frequently, I should say, on city streets, Um and the states that have the most confrontational drivers, I got to tell you, I did not expect this state to finish where it did. Number one, Arizona. 
I've never been to Arizona. Now I don't think I want to go to Arizona. If there's a lot of road raging going on, I don't know if I want to be in Arizona. The next one, though, is Rhode Island. For such a small state, what's going on with you guys? Maybe it's little man syndrome or something. I don't know. West Virginia, followed by Virginia. And they're still always just hooked together at the hip, you know. And, uh, and then Oklahoma. I have the list here. Hang on, where is it? Yeah, here it is. Arizona's the worst at number one. Number two is Rhode Island. Three, West Virginia. Then Virginia. Then Oklahoma. Then Alabama. Then Connecticut. Then Illinois. Followed by number nine is Texas. And then Ohio. What's amazing to me, New York, New Jersey, California, where I thought shooting on the highways, that was like required. But uh, they didn't, they're not in the top 10. That was surprising to me. North Carolina comes in at 33rd and South Carolina at 30th. Um, four of the top states with the most polite drivers. Polite drivers. Idaho, Wyoming, Washington, outside of the Antifa-controlled areas, I assume, and New Mexico. How is that possible? Are New Mexico... Arizona, Texas, they're all right there together. What's going on down there? How is it that all of the confrontational people are in Arizona and then the most polite people are right across the borders? What's up with that? Do the confrontational people, do they just go into Arizona just to mix it up, you know? Like Saturday night, everybody, let's head on over to AZ. Start kicking some AZ. I don't know. Um... Delaware was ranked number one as the state with the most polite drivers. Yeah, I don't get it. Now, there was another story here locally about this as well. Did you hear about this? This guy, 28 years old, turned himself in, charged now with assault with a deadly weapon, inflicting serious injury. Earlier this week, Andre Malik Whitfield accused of shooting a woman on Rama Road. And they had to lock down some of the schools. Uh, East Mech, McClintock Middle School, and Rama Road. Which makes sense because it was on the 900 block of Rama Road. It did not happen on school campus, no. Investigators say, uh, or they're not saying, I should say, according to uh, Queen City News, they're not saying what exactly led up to the road rage incident. I, I am... I'm trying to imagine what would prompt somebody to pull out the gun and shoot somebody in a road rage. I'm like, I understand if somebody is using their vehicle as a weapon, and I have had that happen to me. Um, but even then, I didn't shoot anybody. Come on. I think people have kind of gone crazy. I think they went crazy in, uh, in 2020 with the lockdowns and such, and the antisocial behavior from the antisocial media. I think it's broken our brains. And I think locking down people with broken brains like that, where you just kind of got more online, spending more time on the anti-social media platforms. And I'm thinking, I don't know. I'm thinking we might need mandatory driver's ed for everybody again. Uh, look, you know me. I'm all about solutions. And I think this would be a way to do it. I think you got to send everybody back to driver's ed. 
It's the only solution I see that uh, could actually address the situation. Uh-oh. Somebody's bringing me Mediterranean food. From Kava Catering, I assume, right next door. Are you Matt? I am. Hey, Matt. Thank you very much for letting us uh, park a big red bus in your parking spots over there. <laughs> I appreciate you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for the food. Absolutely. And you know, see, I'm a, I'm a Ph.D. client as well, so you obviously know what I can eat. This is fantastic. All right, well, i got to go to break then so I can eat some of this food. All right, now you've heard me talk about them. Old Grouch's Military Surplus. They're expanding with more ways to get your hands on authentic U.S. military surplus items. Go to oldgrouch.com. Check out the links for the online auctions for rare finds and the vintage shop. Unique, really cool items from modern tactical gear to historical collectibles. Tim at Old Grouch's is always finding new stuff. When I started the podcast at the beginning of the pandemic, my first advertiser was Old Grouch's. If you enjoy the show and derive any value from it, I'm hoping that you will consider supporting one of the businesses that make it possible. Lots of gift ideas for that person who loves the military style for fashion or decor. There really is something for everyone at Old Grouch's Military Surplus in beautiful downtown Clyde and online at oldgrouch.com. Let's go over here to Tom and chat about some road rage, I think. Tom, welcome to the program. How are you? I'm good. Hey, I'm a recovering police officer. I've spent a number of years on the road. And the one infraction that really makes people want to smack the red off your lollipop <laughs> is being on 45 and being in the left-hand lane going slower than, than the rest of the traffic. Right. So, can I ask you, have you ever pulled somebody over for being the slowest car like that in the left lane, impeding the flow of yeah. traffic or something? You have done it? Yeah, and I never, I didn't charge them, but the charge would be an unsafe movement or impeding traffic. Like right. Like, you, we could do something about it. And, and in England, they absolutely won't pass you on the right, which is almost better, because then it forces you to go over to the right and get out of the way. Mm. So if nobody passes and you just have a way open lane, yeah. do you think that would prompt more people who are not that are in, that are in the left lane not going fast enough? you think that would get them to move over if nobody were to pass them around the right? Well, it's worse in a way because the guy who passes on the right gets a ticket, and I don't like that. That's not good for anybody, but just by being in that left-hand lane, you're creating sudden obstruction that even if there's four lanes of traffic, people go everywhere. Yeah. So here's a... Uh, so I ran into this. Let me. I, I got another. It's kind of related. But a couple of weeks ago, we're coming back. We're on uh, I-77, coming back from up north. We're at the end of a very long road trip. And these, got, these three guys in three different um, GTs. And they, they, they line up all next to each other in three of the four lanes. And then they go like 68 in the 70 or whatever it was. And, and they just, like, set themselves so none of the, they're not passing each other. So they're just, like, blocking all the traffic behind them. Have you ever seen anything like that? Do you know why somebody would do something like that? So I probably shouldn't tell you this, and you'll keep it a secret, I'm sure. I'm sure yes, absolutely, just between us. But there is a local agency that was in Mecklenburg County, and as the um, officers went home, they did that on 485. And there were calls, a lot of calls. Do they all drive GTs? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> they were, the reason there were calls was because they were in marked patrol cars. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Well, we, I mean, we called uh, Highway Patrol. Um, these were 
I mean, I looked at them. They did seem to fit sort of uh, uh, I profile, but they did seem to look like they might be of a particular age and gender demographic that seems to be uh, more in the ranks of police officers or highway patrol officers. And so it might have been something like that. They were One was in a yellow GT, one was in a black one, and one was in a red one. It was like matchbox cars right. in front of us. Yeah. And we just went around them, but they didn't pull anybody. But you could see when we got past them and looked in the rearview mirror, we could see traffic was backing up like miles behind them. It was, yeah, I don't know why somebody would do that. So this is just my opinion, but going slow in that right-hand lane, because it's all designed for slow traffic to go to the right. Mm -hmm. It just makes such a dangerous mix that it's far better. If if you're going to go slower, even... You think it's your job to make everybody else go slow? Just wag your finger at them as they pass you on the left. Maybe you're better yeah. off that way. Yeah, I don't understand the people that, that take it upon themselves to enforce traffic law um, in their unmarked and completely you know, uneducated and uh, unqualified <laughs> manner. <laughs> I don't get it. Tom, I appreciate the call, buddy. Thanks so much. Thanks for your service, Thank too. You. Appreciate it. All right, take care. Uh, no, that's interesting. Yeah, the the this all right. Now this gets to the this gets to sort of the the general rules. He says the worst thing that makes people what do you say smack the red off your lollipop is the driving slow in the left lane because that's where the that's where you're supposed to be to pass everybody and that's why like the Tennessee drivers I don't understand but it seems like they're instructed to stay in that left lane and maybe they're told to do so because in Tennessee. I don't know. Like all of the rules of physics and driving are upended. I don't know. I, I've never. I shouldn't say that. I went to Tennessee once, and I just camped overnight, and then I came back. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe they tell them that, and there's a reason for that. I don't understand it. I don't understand. See now, Craig, you're from L. You're from California. He's from California. Well, all right. We all have our crosses to bear, but. He, uh, he says that they don't use their signals in California or L.A. because if they do, then you're, telling, you're, you're communicating intel to the enemy, and then they won't let you in. They won't let you pass them. And so they don't use their signals, so this way they can get over. Like, that's just ridiculous. But people here, and it must be all of the Californians that are here, because... I have noticed this, it's getting worse, where I put the signal on, we just did the road trip all the way up to New York, and we're coming back, and uh, both ways, it's like, you put the signal on, and the people start speeding up, and I think that there's also a, uh, I think there's also some sort of a, a thing going on where people believe that if they sit in your blind spot, that the cops won't catch them. I think that's a thing. I mean, it's a stupid thing, but I think it's a thing. There's only... That's the only explanation I can come up with. Why else would somebody zoom up behind me and then just sort of hang out in my blind spot for miles? Why would people do that? And then when I speed up to get away from them, they speed up to catch me and then sit in my blind spot again. This has happened way too often for me to think that it's just that many stupid people. I don't want to believe there's that many stupid people. I really don't. I love people. My worst invention, though. Anyway. Um, no, I, I, yeah, I, I, I don't get, I don't get the, uh, I don't get the passing thing. Now, the, um, the Hyundais and the Kias, somebody called in and mentioned this the other day, and I didn't, I, I wasn't sure if it was true, because certainly this could not be 
This could not be true. This is such a level of stupidity that it could not possibly be true. So I went looking for it. And it's true. It's true. In Chicago, they want to sue the car companies for making cars too easy to be stolen. That's their response. The response to the Kia challenge, where these kids share, you know, boosting videos, basically, how to steal cars. And then you have this massive spike in auto thefts, Grand Theft Auto, and Chicago's response is to sue the car maker rather than to punish the thieves. But I guess this is modern America. All right, let's go back to the phone line, 704-570-1110. We have Dean. Welcome to the program. Hey, Dean, how are you? I'm doing just fine, Pete. How about yourself? Uh, I'm doing just fine as well, sir. Excellent. So as a fellow New York expatriate, I'm sure you're all too well aware of the Florida-New York migration pattern. Indeed. And with the driving slow in the left-hand lane, apparently... The Tennessee-Colorado migration pattern is heavily in use. It is terrible out there on two-lane highways that go for hundreds of miles in eastern Colorado. They get over there and drive 55, and they're proud of it, and they they kill you. They they just kill you. (laughs) (laughs) So now I have a theory about your the ghosting or the driving in the blind spot. Why that happens. You're being used as a canary. You're being used as an early warning system for people who are busy watching their telephones, TikToking or whatever else they can get for free, and they kind of ease up on you, and they use you as an early warning system if they have to take evasive action out of their peripheral vision. Interesting. Or maybe they're using my hotspot. (laughs) that's possible too they could have rolled up next to me to use my hot spot while i'm driving yeah no that's good because like if you've got like i've seen these videos that people shoot where they're driving in their car and they're shooting video of themselves while they're driving which is totally dangerous and stupid um but it makes sense if they've got the phone kind of in the center of the console center of the windshield area and they're on that left side of me then yeah they're going to they're going to be able to see out of their peripheral. They'll see my car. And what, if I start braking or something, then they'll know they have to brake. Or right. yeah. so at least start paying attention to the road again. Interesting. Well, now that just makes me madder at them. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Dean, I appreciate it, man. Have a good Labor Day weekend. Thank you. You too. Pete. All right, bud. You too. Um, oh, that's, that's so devious. See, my my brain doesn't work this way. I would I am not cut out to be a criminal. I don't I definitely not. Definitely not cut out. To, I mean, yeah, I don't I do not own enough of the uh, the masks or the bags with the dollar signs on them. So that's just for starters. But I my my mind never never goes to like that kind of operation. I just always assumed that they were trying to hide from like the radar detector. By the way, I saw a radar detector. I don't know why I'm thinking of this, but I saw a radar detector at a at a gas station. Is that a bad purchase? You know, it's like right there at the checkout. It's in like this little flimsy looking box. 
It's kind of got cartoonish colors on it. I looked at that thing for about, I, I mean, I'm not going to exaggerate here, but it had to be, I think, about six or seven hours. I was staring at No, I'm kidding. It was like a minute. But I looked at it for like a minute, just like weighing the pros and cons. I never even got to the point where I thought, what's the price on this? You know? Because really, how can you put a price? Well, you could actually put a price on it. It's like, what's the cost of a ticket and the points and all that? But, like, I don't know what I'm buying. I could buy this thing, and I, and I set it up, and it doesn't work. But how would I know if it doesn't work? I would have to have a radar gun, right? Or I'd have to know a police officer that's got a radar gun, and they can come by and, and zap it to see if it works. Like, how do you test something like that? So that's what I'm going over in my mind. And then somebody's like, beep, beep, hey, you're next in line. Um, all right. Jim, welcome to the program. Hey, Jim, how are you? Hey, Pete. Yeah. Hey. I think I'm, I'm an old geezer driver. And I've been around a long time, driving about 60-something years. And I've seen my share of mangled bodies inside of a few thousand pounds of metal. What, uh, it, what, what, uh, what I noticed today, Pete, you started the conversation with slow driving, which I totally understand, especially in the left lane. Mm-hmm. But Pete, every time you get out on these interstates, there's always people in the left lane doing 70 or 75, 10 or 15 more than the speed limit, 20 feet off the next vehicle in front of them. I mean, long roads like this. And the law essentially does nothing about it. And when there is a wreck, Pete, there's a massive amount of bodies and metal piled up in these in these uh, trains of speeders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so the uh, happens. Well, yeah, it's it, it's sort of your uh, your Daytona, your restrictor plate racing effect, right? Where everybody is going so fast and they're following too closely, they can't res- they cannot react in time. Yes, and so and so the law, in my humble opinion. The law basically stays off these feet and lets these traffic streams just keep right on going just to keep from impeding the traffic because the road system can't support our traffic load right now anyway. I don't. I think it's more difficult to pull over multiple cars. Look, I got pulled over with two other cars one time like 20 years, 25 years ago down outside of Charleston.